heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition on February 12th of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, writer for the Associated Press as well, also former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian, did the immediate reaction podcast to the Blazers trade with the Denver Nuggets involving Mason Plumley and Yusuf Nurkic, and uh, definitely wanted to follow up that big moment with uh, another perspective, and to get that other perspective on the trade, I tapped Adam Mars from Locked On Nuggets, as well as Denver Stiffs and Vice Sports, among other places. Adam Mars came to give us the Nuggets perspective, the home team perspective of what is going on, uh, 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 of Yusuf Nurkic and what this trade is means uh as i mentioned denver kind of had a lot of denver had a bunch of extra picks and a very young team so they were in a position to kind of give up a pick and uh yusuf nurkic a player that while talented seemed to have run his course in denver and so we got to talk to adam and 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 kind of discuss what nurkic brings to the table for the blazers concerns that uh, we should have about Nurkic coming to the Blazers and what things he may do to the Blazers' chances uh, of making the playoffs this season uh, and, and and what he does for their future, what type of player he is, all that stuff. So we uh, really broke it down with Adam. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Adam Mars from Denver Sifts, Locked On Nuggets, and Vice Sports, discussing the Yusuf Nurkic Mason Plumley trade and the impact that it will have on this season and seasons beyond. All right, now I'm joined right by Eric Gunderson of the Locked On Blazers podcast and of Blazers Edge. Eric, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Adam. How are you? Crazy day. I mean, I I didn't wake up thinking today would be such a hectic one, but it was kind of a big day, I think, for both of us, both and for both franchises. So let's just dive right into it. What what did you think of this trade? What was your first thought when it came across the wire? Um, I I, I had to reread it because I was a little <laughs> I was a little confused on uh what Portland was giving up because I know that Mason Plumley is a really solid player for the Blazers, but I I was not expecting in a trade for uh, a, another center to to get a pick back. Now I understand after 
reading about the trade and learning more about what Denver's situation was in terms of how many picks they had and also right. looking at their roster that, that then I see that a little bit more and I'm like you know still I'm very happy about where the trade was for Portland although in the short term I think it's going to hurt Portland a little bit I was overall in terms of the asset for asset exchange I was very pleased that that's kind of the interesting thing to me is I wonder if Portland fans see this as not necessarily giving up the eight seed, but certainly as kind of a like, well, you're not pushing forward with this. This certainly takes you back in the short term. I mean, is that is there a little bit of this like short term frustration and trying to be pragmatic long term? For me, at least, uh, I would say that there uh, is definitely a group that, you know, really like Mason Plumley as a, as a guy, as a player for this team long-term. But um, I, for me, at least, I think definitely it's, there's a step back in the short term because of what Plumley was so good at. Right. And I, I, I just think that he was so crucial to this team's playmaking to taking pressure off the little McCollum now, especially with Evan Turner out for a while, uh, it's they definitely needed that, and and I think yeah, this is the more I've thought about it, the longer I have thought about it. It is it is a, more of a step back in the eighth seed uh, than I think I probably realized initially. But it, it and I, but at the same time, I think that uh, this is the right move for the for the Blazers because uh, I think they've taken a step back with this group and they needed to to try something else. Right. And I, I think for Denver, Plumley plays a similar enough style to Nikola Jokic and the you know the passing and the dribble handoffs and the screening with the guards playing up top that I think the Nuggets can, in theory, not really skip a beat with this trade. But Nurkic is such a different player and that I, I really feel like there's going to be, for one, a learning curve with with Nurkic kind of learning to play with the, the Trailblazers, and then with the uh, you know the guards learning to play with him. That I do think, I, I mean, I imagine this really, really, really uh, diminishes the chances that the Trailblazers will stay in this race for the eight seed. So I do think there'll be a longer learning curve, but certainly, I just don't see how the how you guys were going to re-sign Plumlee this summer. It felt like he was gone in two months, and you guys kind of bought yourself an extra year and a half with a cheaper uh, and just different prospect that still has some upside, although I'm I'm not so optimistic on him reaching it. Right. Uh, I talked about that a little bit in my immediate reaction to this, and, and I read your, your post on, on Denver Stiffs about how he how Nurkic had kind of – uh, gotten in his head a little bit, let the yeah. let the Jokic uh, ascension maybe get to him a little a little, and uh, I, yeah, maybe if, if you could shed a little light on that about you know what kind of things happened and and how you saw that materialize with with how he kind of took that demotion. Sure. So the mental aspect of of Nurkic is certainly. I would say the most concerning part, uh, we can talk a little bit more about his actual skill and, and, and strengths and weaknesses, but you know, he was a guy that, uh, he has a really weird personality, first of all. 
And I think he's got this thing where he really wants to be kind of famous and liked. He played for the Bosnian national team over the summer. Bosnian fans are very hot and cold, even with their own national team. They lost a game that they shouldn't have lost, and the entire fan base just started booing them and insulting him on social media. And it really got to him, where I think most people would kind of just let that roll off your back. He was the kind of guy, he put something on social media about, you guys don't ever believe in us, and we don't, you know, don't play for you. I mean, it was a really, really crazy kind of lash out. And it's one of those things where you think, Nurkic, you're a famous person now. People on the internet are going to be crazy. Like, this is, you kind of just have to ignore that. You know, right. this, is, this is where we are. But he's the kind of guy that for three years has had a hard time with the littlest uh, bits of adversity and criticism. You know, with the Nuggets this year, he came in the best shape of his career this year. He lost a ton of weight. He looked phenomenal. Michael Malone went to Bosnia to spend a week with him to kind of reconnect and just show him that he had his back and they wanted to get the best out of him. They started him at the start of the season, moving Jokic to power forward, even though Jokic is a complete stud. And then, you know, when that didn't work out, Jokic volunteered to go to the bench so that Nurkic could have his starting spot because Nurkic had made such a point of saying he wanted to start and he thought he deserved to start. So Jokic said, you know what, I don't care. Just bring me off of the bench. Let Nurkic be happy. Well, the team continued to lose and play terribly. And so finally they said, you know what, Nurkic, you're still a big part of this team. You're going to play 25 minutes a night, but we're going to start Jokic. And he just threw a fit, an absolute fit got out of shape he's probably gained 20 pounds since december and just completely lost his cool and then there was it got so bad that a week ago a week and a half ago he the rumors were that he actually left the arena during the milwaukee game uh just took off because he was so frustrated or whatever that he just went home at halftime and the front office or some some nuggets personnel had to call him and say hey you're going to get fined a bunch of money if you just go home in the middle of a basketball game. This is So that kind of tells you just how mentally fragile, in my opinion, how mentally fragile he is. And has he had some adversity with Jokic being a better player and kind of taking his point? Yeah, he has. But it hasn't been to the extent that he should be doing things like leaving an arena or, or sulking. Another little tidbit I'll tell you, his rookie year, he made the rookie sophomore game. And for most people, that would be an honor uh, for whatever reason, he threw a fit in front of everyone in the hallways at Pepsi Center. He threw a fit saying, I'm not going to that game. I'm not playing. And it's just like, well, why not? That's an honor. You got invited to the rookie sophomore game. So he's a weird personality and I think a bit of a sensitive one that really has to be coddled and encouraged nonstop. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's going to be interesting and, and, and quite, uh, quite a lot to, to digest. I would definitely say that Mason Plumley will not bring those types of complications to the table. <laughs> I can certainly say that uh, in my experience with Plumley, Plumley was a good player, albeit, in my opinion, with a, a limited ceiling, but was a guy that helped you win games. And I can definitely say that about Plumlee is that he would, he can help teams win games. I think he can help Denver win games. I I would really prefer to see him in more of a backup role with Denver. I, 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 and, and I, I, I think Jokic can play the four uh, as you're, mm. as you're saying. Uh, and I think Plumlee really thrives more as a five than as a four. 
I just think that that's going to be the best place for him to play, but I'm sure that he, he will find enough minutes there as a five to shine. But yeah, I, I think that Portland wasn't going to sign him, but yeah, I mean, as you, as you mentioned, Portland has a, a little bit of a culture issue to deal with there with Nurkic that they have dealt with the culture issue before with certain guys. The the guy basically that comes to, go, to mind the most is Mo Harkless, who was kind of deemed a, a culture risk a little bit in Orlando mm-hmm. after, after he received a demotion uh, and maybe – they're they're thinking if you hit on that maybe they can hit on this one with with Nurkic. Uh, but I I think that will be tough. But I do think the guy that that the Nuggets are going to get in Plumlee is a guy that's going to help them and may not be susceptible to those uh, lulls in 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 weight and shape and and mood. Uh, I, I think that he's a guy that can definitely deliver. I just don't necessarily think that he's going to help the Nuggets defensively, which I really think that they obviously want to to take steps in improving, whereas the Blazers do as well. Uh, I'm curious what you think of – I know that he's gained some weight now, <laughs> but where, what do you think about Nurkic's defensive potential when he's in shape, when he's engaged? Because I understand the concerns for sure about him in Denver, but uh, – I think he, at least the, for this this last twenty some plus game stretch, he's going to get a chance as the number one guy for the Blazers. Right. I think yeah. Just talking. So I wanted to get the mental and, and kind of attitude stuff out of the way because it's by far the biggest negative you know on his rap sheet. And I think that he had just run his course in Denver to the point that there was he went past the point of no return. So I think for Denver, it was just like, well, we can't salvage this guy anymore, but maybe somebody else can and he has value. And I actually believe that. I think he, so as a player, he's actually tremendously talented with an incredible upside for his age. He's 300 pounds, he's seven foot, 300 pounds, he's a massive guy. I don't know if he's 300, he might be like 280 or something, what his actual measurement is. But he has, but he's gained, a, but he has gained weight, as you said. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he, looks, he looks a little pudgy around the edges these days, but... But, you know, and that's why I think he'll only have a so-so year the rest of the year. If he is motivated and encouraged by his new environment, you know, I think he can get back into the shape he was at the start of the year, which was really svelte, to be honest. But even for his size now, he's really, really mobile for, for that big of a body. He can really, he's really light on his feet. He's got quick hands with good anticipation. He can be an elite rim protector at times, just in terms of, like, great timing on block shots good positioning and he has this crazy edge to him i think what most fans around the nba know him for first is his father that beat up 14 guys at once or i don't even remember what the number was but his his father's this 400 pound seven foot bosnian cop that got into a street brawl you know broke up a street brawl one time and beat up a bunch of dudes at once so he's got this like crazy pedigree but the other thing i think people know about him is he has this edge so as mentally soft as he is with these you know, critiques and, and take facing adversity on the court. He's a really, really tough bully, uh, provoker gets under everybody's skin. He's gotten into fights on the court, like, you know, face to face shouting matches, like, go ahead, throw a punch. I I dare you with guys like DeMarcus cousins, Mark Gasol. I mean, there's really been nobody he's been afraid of on the court. And he's had some crazy moments where he's shut. 
I mean, he's blocked LeBron's shot and then stood over him and looking down on him. You know, like <laughs> he, he's, he's got this crazy edge that seems to get under everyone's skin. And when he's playing well, defensively especially, he really, really affects the game. The problem is, I think, uh, for one, he does have a bit of a foul problem, although I think that's, that's kind of gotten better over the years. But it's more just a focus problem because he'll go through, you know, he'll play eight minutes in a row and be great. Then he'll go to the bench, come back in, and play terrible. And so he's really this up-and-down guy uh, on the defensive end. Yeah, and, and obviously Portland would would really love to, to have some help on the defensive end. I think with Lillard and McCollum, it, 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 they definitely need guys that can make up some ground or make up things that, the, that they lose otherwise. I think part of the reason that they were – maybe not that they were not ready to commit to Plumlee long-term and not ready to let him get to free agency and pay was because they didn't, I don't think they believed in him to be that answer on the defensive end to help protect the rim. Granted, he was better this year. I will give him credit. He he was a better rim protector this season, but maybe just not to the extent that they need for this group. And I think the guy that, that Denver's getting in Plumlee is obviously a fantastic passer. That's the one thing that he really brings to the table offensively. And I think an improved finisher as well. Uh, I, I don't want to cut, sell him short on uh, what looks like something that he's really worked on uh, between last year and this season. But again, maybe I think it was the type of scoring that he could do. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I was just looking at kind of, uh, breaking down his his shooting by zones Nurkic has like good per possession uh stats as a role man it seems to me that he is not necessarily a consistent scorer but it looks like he can score based off of at least his numbers from a different from a variety of spots is that is that accurate well, it's, it's interesting. I'll give you – so here's the breakdown on Nurkic offensively. I think you're right that he has the tools and touch and strength to be a tremendous role guy. Uh, and I think that's what Stotts is going to really, really, really try to make him is, uh, a, hey, 90% of your shots need to come in pick-and-roll situations. Uh, right now, he really favors his post game. He goes to it a lot, and it's really not that great. Uh, he fouls, he gets offensive fouls a lot. He turns the ball over a lot on post-ups and he just, he rushes shots. He doesn't have a great feel. Uh, and, and that's kind of been where a lot of his, uh, bread and butter on offense with the Denver has come. I would love to see him be more of a Andre Drummond type roller because he's so strong and so big that if he rolls and, and doesn't get the ball, but he kind of plants himself on the block for the rebound, he cannot be moved. And you talk about a guy like, C.J. Yeah. McCollum and and Damian Lillard, who are such good scorers in the pick and roll, that he's gonna find himself on the block in in his little sweet spot, and he'll just own that spot. So if Stotts can convince him, and I'm not sure he's opposed to this, by the way, I just know what he's done in Denver. But if Stotts can convince him that hey, this is where you're best on offense, pick and roll, offensive rebound, just rinse, repeat. Then I think I think he can actually be an incredibly uh, productive offensive player. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is that he he does some he does rush shots a lot, even on offensive rebounds and putbacks. He's afraid of getting his shot blocked. For a guy so and this is again I think part of that mental aspect. For a guy his size, for some reason he hates having his shot blocked, so he rushes shots. 
He'll kind of flip goofy shots over smaller defenders. If Stotts can just tell him pick and roll, offensive rebound, go up strong every time, then I think he really can take off as an offensive player. You know, and, and that is that just even if it wasn't Nurkic it is something that I have been really begging the Blazers for this season because last season offensive rebounding was such a key to them being the surprise that they were. Right. They, they, were, they were third in the league in offensive rebounding, and this season they have dropped all the way to 20th from third. Hmm. And I don't necessarily know if if they can convince Nurkic to commit to that, uh, but if they can do that, that would, I think, help their team because they have great scorers in, in Lillard and McCollum and also Alan Crabb, but I think – part of the reason that they were so successful last year is they were getting extra possessions relative to the rest of the league. And I just, and they haven't gotten that this season. And perhaps uh, Nurkic is a guy that can help them in that regard. Uh, and and I, I really think that on, on, on Denver's end from Plumlee, I think you'll have a guy that if you want to bring him off the bench is a guy that, you know, you, you have, very minimal drop off. I know he's not the same type of player as Jokic, but he can really be a type of guy to for 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 guys on the second unit to really count on to run as to be a a fulcrum of the offense. I think is one thing that Portland's really going to miss a lot in the short term. Here is the ability is the ability that that Plumlee had to catch the ball very high in the pick and roll, way above the three point line, <laughs> dribble the ball and make something happen. Or uh, not even that, but catch a rebound on the defensive end and, and, and lead the break. I don't think he was uh, that great of a defensive rebounder or is not as good as a rebounder as I wanted. But uh, one of the things that he can really do that helps the Blazers a lot is he can take that uh, rebound and start the offense immediately. And that's pretty valuable right. to have as a center. Right. And I'm looking at his numbers. Yeah, they've dropped for two years now on the offensive rebounding side. 11.3 offensive rebound rate, 10.4, and then all the way down to 8.7 this year. So that is interesting. I wonder, a lot of times with offensive rebounds, scheme and, and, and you know, kind of the, the preferences on offense are more important. You know, they're the bigger determining, determining factor. So I wonder if it's some adjustment that Portland has made. Um, do you now? He doesn't really have an outside shot at all. That means can he hit an elbow jumper consistently? He's he's tried to incorporate that more this season. Uh, I would have to check the numbers on his his jumper. I'm 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 looking up looking them up right now. Uh, it's not great. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's not uh, it's not average. So, uh, it, it, it's, it looks kind of awkward. It, it has looked better though recently because he's been getting more reps in, but he doesn't really, that's something he's tried to incorporate more. And to the point that you made about scheme, the Blazers didn't necessarily, uh, encourage offensive rebounding last year either, but they just had usually like one guy is allowed yeah. to, to go after them. And uh, they the guys that have been going after them just haven't been as successful this year. Is has been part of the problem. Uh, is just that they just haven't been as good or as lucky maybe when when, gotcha. when, they're, when they're getting down there. One of the things I wonder about Jokic's defense, and I've kind of talked about this a lot recently, is 
the Nuggets have terrible on-ball defenders. Moody, Jamal Murray, Jameer Nelson. These guys really just get blown by a lot, and it puts Jokic in a tough spot. Portland has the same thing. C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, terrific offensive players. Horrible at containing pick and rolls and containing dribble penetration. And I wonder if part of the reason Plumlee rates as such a poor defender is because he's constantly put in situations that are just very difficult for anybody to contain and, and deter. Oh, I totally, I totally see that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't, I think part of my, uh, my, a lot of my gripes from Pumley come from, uh, sometimes his, and now it's not all that clear how much of it is, is kind of not allowed, but, uh, because the blazer, Terry Stotts has kind of mentioned that a lot of the players kind of have, uh, say sometimes in how they uh, guard a pick and roll but a lot of times I feel like when I'm watching him he's kind of gunslinging out there and kind of just doing his own thing on the pick and roll and that kind of uh, would frustrate me sometimes is that I, I thought that he would take a lot of risks that weren't nece- necessary in certain mm-hmm. situations and I, and I thought that he had a tendency to try and uh, try and really make a lot of things happen on the defensive end instead of containing things, which is what what I I would kind of wanted from him to kind of control things. And it seemed like a lot of the times, at least a lot of my frustrations with him came from him trying to make things happen instead of containing what was going on. Yeah, I I, I could totally see that. Um. I guess that's that's all of it. Uh, I have heard, I've had read. I, I will ask you this one thing because I have heard a little bit that somebody has been saying Plumlee's really positioning himself to for a, a big deal this off season or something. And I don't have you. Has there been talk about him and what he expects for himself this off season in terms of contract? Well, I, I think his his brother got a pretty substantial contract <laughs> right. uh, that was like somewhere I I don't know if you could remind me twelve some, million tw- maybe I yeah think. To like twelve per so I think right I think the 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 the, the vibe is that he's going to look for something in the ballpark of like fifteen per year right. so and and if you look at what a lot of the guys got I mean the he's looking for Jan Mahimi money like, right like yep. he, he's yep. Like he's trying to get the Mozgov money. Like he he right. wants he wants that, and so Portland is not prepared to give him that. So it, it I, I I mean at least that's what I see. So I mean, do you see Denver um, giving him that big of a commitment? It's tough. It's really really tough to know because the Nuggets have so many young guys that will need contracts in two years. So obviously his deal is going to be a four or five year type deal. And the thing I wonder is. What is Mason Plumlee ranked as a center in the NBA? And I would say he's probably like the 23rd best center in the NBA, meaning he could start on a handful of teams, but he wouldn't start on most teams. And I think Jokic is a top five center in the NBA. So Jokic clearly is going to be the center ahead of him. And then what you're either going to have is an overpaid backup center, or you might have a guy that you have as an overpaid backup center for two years, and then you can trade him because then he has a favorable deal for two more years on a team that desperately needed him. And I imagine that's kind of what Denver's thinking is sort of a worst-case scenario if they re-sign him, which I think they intend to do next year or this summer. And, and, and in their position, I, I think that they're, they're in the right to do that because they have a center of the future in Jokic, and, uh, and, I, and I think that he can really 
fill that role for this time. And, and I think Denver is in the right place in their development to use a guy like Plumley. And I think Portland, just given what happened this season, how things have worked out, and uh, I, I and also just the time in Plumley's contract, I just think it, it was time for them to, to kind of split ways. So it just feels like for both guys, it was just kind of things had run their course with both guys and, and, and Denver had, had, had a, right. had a, had a pick left over. And I think Olshea saw that and was like, Hey, you don't need that. And you could use this guy. And I feel right. like, I feel like that was the conversation. Right. I, I definitely, I think that's the nice thing about this deal. It's funny to see the reaction today because it's been so polarizing, not just from Nuggets fans and Portland fans, but just NBA fans trying to chime in. And I think that really is the sign of a, a win-win type deal, kind of an even deal, because I've heard people argue very passionately, oh, Denver stole from them, and the other Portland really ripped them off. And I think that tells me, you know what? I think both teams got away from what they didn't want and got something that they do want. Right. Uh, I don't think it – yeah, it doesn't solve every problem for both teams, but I think it helps. Right. it helps both teams find their way towards an eventual solution. Right, for sure, for sure. Well, I think that's about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think it's a it's a good place to wrap it up. I'm pretty sure the Nuggets and Trailblazers have played each other for the last time already this year. Do you know? Have they played each other four times? I want to say that they have. Uh, let's. Uh, yeah, you guys stole one from us in Denver. Just a heartbreaker. Oh nope. You know what? They play on March 28th in Portland, so they do have one more match uh, matchup, uh, and that'll be interesting. I. It, it's always fun when you trade some, especially in division. You're talking about an eight seed and a nine seed right now. And you're talking about, at least in with Nurkic's case, he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. So that March 28th game, I think, will be a must-see TV. Well, and he, he gets to join the team of the chips on their shoulder, right? With, <laughs> with, with Damian Lillard. Right. With Damian Lillard and the king of the chips. So maybe that's something that Olshay's counting on, is that is that is that Nurkic can add a little bit of that jilted... Uh, feeling back in the Blazers because maybe they've gotten a little too spoiled with being kind of uh, anointed <laughs> as like the next team. I don't know. Uh, but right. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. Uh, I, yeah. Also, this is super weird. This trade, the fact that it happened <laughs> between two teams that are competing on the surface for the eighth seed. Well, you know, Olshay's very solid in his position he's not getting fired like he's incredibly well respected as one of the you know top minds conley is a guy that's young and and making a name for himself if this is a deal that you start in the eight seed and you finish in the 11 seed i think he's going to be on the hot seat but i don't anticipate that'll happen i i actually think denver will be more is more likely to make the eight seed now than ever before yeah i i, I listen i i i think the, i think you're right i think in terms of the battle for the eight seed, I think Denver definitely takes a step up with this deal because without Evan Turner right now, the Blazers really don't have another playmaker to to really open things up offensively uh, to help Lillard and McCollum. So I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily see offense coming easy for them, and defense has been uh, an issue for them. Although it's gotten better, it's been an issue for them all season. So I think Denver definitely takes a, a leg up, but uh, I think it actually helps both teams that this deal got done before the deadline because 
then both guys, both teams have a lot of time to get acclimated with the team, acclimated with the city uh, before there's a long stretch of game. So they have like a week now instead of getting traded on the Thursday of the deadline and then starting to play immediately. So I think think both teams uh, do have a little bit more time than usual when it comes to these deadline deals to kind of make the pieces fit. So that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Uh, in March. <laughs> and also, by the way, these two teams totally trade with each other all the time. The Aflalo trade. Uh, you know, I think Denver won that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Denver definitely won that one. Uh, I think that was the pressure of, uh, you know, having a, a star and a, a bunch of a bunch of good players in contract years and yeah. trying to make the most of it. I think Portland was definitely in that position. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, Denver definitely won that trade with Will Barton. Barton's a really good player on a super cheap contract. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Well, thanks so much. You guys can check out Locked On Blazers podcast. You can check out Blazers Edge. Blazers Edge, by the way, one of the best blogs in the SB Nation network, I think, by by a mile. Always one I check out and and get tips from. So check them out. You can listen to the Locked On Nuggets podcast and check out Denver Stiffs for any Nuggets content. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Adam. All right, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adam Mars from Denver Stiffs and Locked on Nuggets and Vice Sports as well. Uh, Really appreciate him for coming on and and dropping some knowledge about Yusuf Nurkic that we probably would not have known otherwise. You can follow Adam at Adam underscore Mars, M-A-R-E-S, on Twitter. You can subscribe to Locked On Blazers on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, We'd really love a five-star review as well. And uh, tell a friend anything uh, you can do to support the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. So uh, keep it Locked On Blazers. The Blazers play tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. The trade has still not yet been made official, so unclear if we will get to see Nurkic tomorrow. But the Blazers do have a game against the Hawks Monday night, TNT, and we'll have some reaction from that after it goes down. So until then. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17